All right. Awesome. Excellent. Good evening. Hello, everybody out there in YouTube land and across the podcast streams. This is Michael Aaron Gossetis, and welcome to the experience with Michael Aaron Gossetis. I know it might seem with all the cross-production and cross-podcasting, uh, it might seem like um, it's been a minute since I've just had a, a moment um, to speak. So, with all the uh, with all the busyness that's going on over at E Six W Network with uh, Q and A Holes podcast, and then. Uh, the new podcast I'm doing over at the network as a solo and uh, keeping up with all the daily news. I know I myself feel like I've been just overrun and over, uh, not overwhelmed, but maybe overwashed <laughs> with a lot of news, inundated even. Um, I didn't think the news cycle could be filled with such interesting news Um and, you know, a lot of it could be marked as irrelevant if we were to actually consider, you know, um, certain legislation and constitutional guidelines. A lot of a lot of the news that I talk about that I read that is given to everybody could be irrelevant, really. But it's uh, it's good to have some of these uh, goofy characters on record. So yeah, it's fun. And um, definitely, definitely like a, a fourth wind or something like that. I don't know what's up with that. Um, but you can go check out more of that stuff over at QAndAholesPodcast.com. I also work on that website and on the blog as well. So um, just keeping that, uh, trying to keep that in motion um, and then also keep up with some of the other things I needed to repurpose a lot of things that I was doing. I needed to repurpose a lot of what was going on in my life because, um, you know, throughout the course of life, uh, aside from different pathways that you can take and different streams that you can follow, um, and, you know, different timelines that you can create and or, you know, crash into, um, uh, sometimes you hit checkpoints or you hit thresholds where it's kind of like you need to stop and reassess. I think for many of us, uh, regardless of what side of the line that we stood on, I think for many of us that the new year was a demarcation point uh, for many others, um, you know, uh, January 20th was a demarcation point. January 6th was a demarcation point. The new year was a demarcation point. Uh, you know, de uh, December was the demarcation point. <laughs> November was a demarcation point. So, uh, we, uh, some of us people who are a little bit more involved in what's, um, uh, current events have had more demarcation points, more points where we probably just wanted to jump off than your average bear. And I think that that is something that is, um, uh, 
Well, you know, if you can take responsibility for your actions, that's not a problem at all whatsoever. But for some people, um, it can it can be a bit much to bear. So fortunately, I've always been in the uh, I am not given more than I can bear basket. So with that in mind, I just think that every time, you know, someone runs me over with the carts because I was given a strong skeletal system. No, just kidding. Um, I've never been been run over by a card. I would knock on wood, but there's no real wood around me. Alas, it's all compressed. Anyways, so um, to kind of be able to to just jump back down because I've, I say it all the time. I always say it. Like, I always tell people who I am. I always tell people uh, what I do. You know, like, you know, I know I use sarcasm, but I don't use sarcasm. Like, if you know me and I think you can handle it, then yeah, I might use sarcasm. But I am a genuine person. And as a writer and as someone who um, uses the powers of observation and then as a... I don't know. I don't know what qualifies someone as as an individual that uh, and analyzes things, you know, because I can't stop analyzing. Um, my mind is analyzing 24-7. Even when I'm asleep, I'm analyzing. And um, I, I guess that's my way of process or whatever. So I don't know what qualifies that. All I know is I'm a writer and I'm an analyzer. That's a double-edged sword. So in in the course of conversation... You know, I might just be, I should, I should add one more thing to writer, analyzer. I should also add, what would this, what would this categorize as? Uh, You sense and feel things based on the energy of the interaction that you're having with the person. And based on that sense and that feeling, there's like this weird, like, I don't know, etheric, like, connection I can tap into and then derive some knowledge from that interaction and the energy, and then just make a quick analytical assessment and then spew it out of my mouth. And if it happens to be the truth, I can't help if they get offended. You know what I mean? Like, it's not my fault. Like, I don't mean to speak the truth. I just do. And so I'm called judgmental. And I'm like, geez, <laughs> I don't judge people. It's not my job to judge people. Um, I, I mean, I might say something and if it strikes an iron of truth in you that maybe reverberates so badly that it hurts, it's not my fault. And it's not, I mean, I may not even be trying to bring out a point. It might just be something that I see and I say, you know, like they say a stranger for a while can see for a mile. You know, like I've been in those situations. And I mean, I've been in situations where I saw things for five miles and I'd been there for like maybe two minutes. And I was like, eh, it's time to make a moral decision about what I'm going to do in this situation because that is a long and dirty road, those five miles. And I don't want to get myself mucked up in that kind of mire. You know what I mean? Like, I've already dipped into that fudge enough. Anyways, so... Yeah, I mean, that's just the way I am. That's just the way I work. I'm First of all, I'm a writer, so you should note... And I'm I'm giving away I'm giving away my uh, what's the word I'm giving away my <laughs> I'm giving away my user manual I don't know I'm I'm always observing 
100%. I'm always observing and analyzing. Like, always observing. When I get in the car with friends and they put on the music and everyone's just chilling and jamming, I am listening to those lyrics and I am listening to the beat and the rhythm and I'm talking back to the music and I'm laughing and they're like, what the hell? And I'm like, oh, this uh, that funny part in the song. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, you know, where she said she wanted to park a big truck of McDonald's in her small garage. Like, that's funny. And like, they're all, oh, oh yeah, big truck of McDonald's. So, um, anyway, um, that's just, I'm always, I am always observing and I'm always quiet too, but I never judge. I don't judge people. Like, I don't think it's right to judge people. I don't think, because when you judge people, I mean, there's several levels of judging people. There's levels of division when you judge, like <coughs> if you judge someone, you can really just divide yourself from them because you judge them because what what is the root of that judgment you know like to me judging is like a line of demarcation <laughs> well no it's it's where people feel better than other people or think they're better than other like if you're judging someone it's like really like, who are you to judge me? Like, you know, and I always try and give this example whenever I am able to engage someone in a conversation where this topic comes up in regards to judging people or in, gar in regards just to being a decent human being. Maybe my standards are too high. I don't know. I mean, I have a very colorful life, personally speaking. So, I mean, I can't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, I, I am not one to judge trust me you know and so i try and live by that i mean aside from the golden rule and i've mentioned the golden rule a few times on the experience before so i'm not going to jump into it plus i'm sure you've heard it out the wazoo from your family and your grandma but when it comes to being judgmental i always think about that whole um you know the rafter in one's eye you know and you know you're calling out other people or I think about the, this one's become cliched. I think someone, maybe it's just because it was such, so visually effective in the mind. The glass house throwing stones and glass houses. Like, you know, that's why I'm like, don't throw a stone in your own glass house in an attempt to throw a stone into my glass house. Because guess what? I purchased my house glass, okay? And I ain't afraid to walk around naked, you know? So that's where I kind of have the advantage, you know? Like, I'm pretty much an open book. And so, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I, it's not my business what you think. It's not my business what anyone thinks about me, much less anything that they think about themselves, you know? So, and as long as I walk around like that, they're not going to stop me. I'm not going to waste my energy on people who think about me. And I'm not going to waste my energy on worrying about what people think about me. Even if years down the line, I found out that not only were people thinking certain things about me, but they were actually acting on those thoughts about me. That's a little bit of a different story because I always say you kind of do have to worry about the kinetic. You kind of have to worry about the action only because that could unfortunately affect you as it has affected me in certain circumstances of personal situations that, as I always say, just read the book 
and you'll know all about it. Life is a docu-novel, after all, of love, drama, suspense, uh, hate, mercy, forgiveness, redemption, uh, stolen elections. <laughs> and that's exactly what life is all about, right? So, um, anyways, getting back to the whole judgmental thing, because I want to close a circle on this. Um, when it comes to me saying I don't judge people, I'm genuine about that. Like, I've never looked at a homeless person. I have taken homeless people into my home. I have eaten with homeless people. I've, I've, I've hung out with people from other countries. I've been, you know, deep into Mexico and hung out in, you know, in small towns that are nothing but dirt roads. I've worked with people. I've cooked with the abuelitas, you know. Um, I I have been in, you know, some very questionable places with some very questionable company. And I have never turned my nose up to a single person. And in their perception... They believe that I am acting like I'm judging them or I am acting like I'm better than them. And I'm like, no, I'm just, you know, I'm just saying what I see or I'm just expressing myself honestly. And it's not in offense. I'm sorry if people don't say certain things to you. I'm sorry if maybe I didn't realize it was something taboo, you know, or something that's just not spoken of. Or maybe I uh, used a tone that people don't normally use with you, but it's not to judge you or to appear better than you. And then there's this other one, too. There's this other thing that people do because sometimes people, I guess, I guess people like to tell stories. And I don't know if it's competitive people or what it is, but then like, you know, you agree with them and then you tell them a story that shows you can relate to it. The story is not to say I'm better or my story's better or, hey, you think you had an experience. Check this experience out. It's not to one up anybody. It's to share a common story. It's to say, hey, I like hearing your stories. Maybe you'll like to hear my stories. Oh, you're offended because you think I'm trying to one up you. Okay. Okay, Mr. <clears throat> I don't know how big your ego is. Let me tell you how big my ego is. Um, because I don't ever feel that way about people, even when they're intentionally trying to one-up me. Because again, it's not my business what they think about me. It's not my business if they feel a certain way about me. As long as they're not, you know, physically hurting me. And uh, they're not being... Um, you know, openly rude about something. I won't say anything in return. You know, like, I don't have to worry about wasting my energy on that type of thing. Generally, I don't think like that. That's that's why generally 10 years later, I'll find out someone had a grudge with me or I'll find out that someone, you know, someone uh, has always felt a certain way about me. And then I'll learn that they did X, Y, and Z actions, um in a way of uh, acting out however it is that they felt. And it's most unfortunate when those are people whom are close to you that that happens with. But, I mean, I guess such is life, you know. Like, I do my best to keep in touch with people 
And I can only assume that people are doing their best to keep in touch with me. So I don't know. I don't know why I went into that tangent, but I guess I just felt like I needed to speak about that because, you know, there are so many things that people, there are so many things that people can be judgmental about. And there are so many things that people have opinions about. And I guess what I'm here to say is that at the end of the day, you need to be concerned about yourself, just like I concern myself with myself, because what I know is in the end, they don't know the story. They don't know what decisions I've made. They don't know what I have decided to take responsibility for in my life. They don't know what decisions, decisions, they don't know what decisions were made. They don't know Jack. Really. And as long as you're being honest with yourself. And as long as you're being honest with other people. And I mean honest. Like, you know, you know that when you say something or do something, you don't feel that depression in your chest. You don't feel that that slow gravity right here. That kind of like. It kind of like pushes you back just a little bit. It hollows you out a little bit. You don't feel that when you speak and you don't feel that when you do something. It's because you're doing something truthful and you're not lying to yourself. Anytime you get that sinking feeling or you get that that kind of like... Especially in actions, like in your actions and when you're... Especially when people are like, I guess like fighting too, like... When you feel that, you know that your soul knows that you're lying to yourself and you're going to give yourself cancer, probably. You know, you know, your soul knows you're lying to yourself. Those are those instances, those moments are what I consider selling your soul because you're compromising your soul. You're going against what your soul knows to be true or right or correct. And that's how I kind of guide my life, you know, like when I feel that. I know I'm not, I know I'm going the wrong way or something's not the way it should be, whether it's a a, a matter regarding conscience uh, or, re, or morality um, or decisions or people or interactions, you know, that happens with interactions too. That's why when, that's why I've gone, that's why I have stepped away from Alex Jones because I could, I got the sense that this was not kosher anymore. I got the sense that this was not kosher. And sure enough, if I had kept listening to him, I probably would have been going to Mars and looking for aliens probably like a year or two ago, you know. And it's not, you know. And it's also how I've been able to poke through the holes of like, you know, with this whole Trump phenomenon that was going on and people trying to figure out what was going on behind the scenes. And, you know, I'm reading news reports and I'm also privy to information that is out there for everybody, but not everybody listens to. So I feel like, hey, it's my duty to transmit, right? You know, and you have to be careful. And, you know, you run into a whole bunch of different people, especially when you work on a podcast that um, has to do with current events and politics, that, you know, people out there, you know, people out there can mean well, but they don't 
perform well, you know. I mean, I'm not one to speak about performance. If you've seen some of my episodes on this channel or at Q&A-Holes podcast. But I have my fans. So anyways, <laughs> sorry, I'm just thinking about something else. But like, um, what do you call it? Um, being able to use that feeling to to kind of wade through, you know, like uh, some of the people out there that you encounter. Um, and sorry, I'm speaking in the second person so much. I don't like to do that generally because I don't like to use the generic you like, you know, you people or, you know, you don't need to do you don't need to do, anyways, you know what I mean. But like, OK, so um, the whole thing is People will be out there, like I said, they might mean well, but they'll lead you astray. Some people do it intentionally. Uh, bots are out there. And bots, that to actually, you shouldn't respond to bots because they're programmed to take the information you send them in response and then turn that around. And then, they, you know, they do that with everyone so then they can make sentences. And it's just it's just there to just know. Just if you see a bot or if you see a troll, you just don't respond to them because they're all bots. Unless... Unless they're undercover people, uh, and that's an entirely different story altogether, honestly. Um, but that's also how you wade through that, too. You know, like, a long time ago, I learned the best defense against any troll is someone who doesn't use a photo in their profile or as their avatar, because what are they hiding from? Like, why should you even waste your time responding to a troll who doesn't even use their photo? <laughs> who doesn't even use their photo, um, you know, uh, as their avatar, like they're already hiding something. So like, why waste your time? And, um, anyways, that's kind of just the way I feel about that whole situation. And I mean, as far as trolls go, and then, you know, just, you know, sometimes I think when you're able to use that feeling, um, you're able to see more and sense more of what's really going on. So you can really just, you can really just stay in the raw, reality of things and just deal with the raw reality of uh of the scenario or the situation or the moment that you're in and you can pick out truths i swear it freaks people out like you could be talking to someone who's lying to you about something but something in your mind that you glean because of the, you're able to you know channel and manipulate this feeling that you have this gut sense this spidey sense um you know this first thought right thought kind of thing and then uh, ideas come to mind where are you accessing these ideas from probably because we're energy and we're waves and we can feel it already maybe we're tapping into her or the, her or his like something and we're seeing something and the idea is coming to the mind and they'll lie about it but you know that they are freaking the f out you know like they are freaking out like how does this person know that like how can they even hypothetically pinpoint it like what are the odds i thought i was that good i thought i could lie and nobody would know but that is not the case honey i'm so sorry um some people are really good at sniffing out liars some people are even better um and i'm not saying that i'm a total good judge of character and i'm not telling you that i can find your lie but when you're open and you trust your gut you see things that you never saw before and when you trust a higher power to give you the strength whether that is a cognizant being uh, benevolent or otherwise, or that is 
um, um, an abundant source that is there to support, you will definitely be able to tap into that. So um, that's just kind of how I roll, yo. It's not my fault, you know. Um, Allison Goldfrapp of Goldfrapp fame, who most of y'all kind of just wrote off. But great, great music, uh, great musical composers, very great artist, I think. It is most unfortunate. I'm going to say this here and now on the Experience Podcast with Michael Aaron Cosseris. I am going to say this here and now. I do fear that Allison Goldfrapp and I don't know, maybe Will also um, are mixed up in the whole adrenochrome scheme. Uh-uh-uh. Why did Michael say that? Why is he going there? Why is he saying adrenochrome? Why is he being a conspiracy theorist? <sighs> you know, I love Goldfrapp. I love their music. I love to dance to it. I love to listen to it. I love to chill to it. Um, but if this is a crime that they have committed, if this is a crime that they are involved in, well, I mean, justice has to be served. You know, that's just the way it has to go. I'm sorry that you got involved in that. Now, say they're just purchasers of Adrenochrome and they didn't do anything else that is involved with the procurement of the product or anything else at all. You know, like say they are not the kind of people that wrote on Jeffrey Epstein's, uh, you know, Lolita Express. Say they are not the kind of people that attended a John Luke Brunel, you know, fashion photo gala. Say they're not the kind of people that went snowing in the slopes of Canada with Nygaard. Okay, say they're not those people. Say they just purchased the adrenochrome. Well, at least show us the receipts so we can find out where you got that from. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's all I'm trying to say. And to all of the artists and all the musicians and all the celebrities out there who are involved in all of that, I mean, come on, redemption, 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 redeem yourself, you know, like, now is the time, now that this golden whirling dervish of a Trump effect has come and has just basically opened the eyes of everyone to everything that's going on, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm saying the whirling Trump dervish, but what I really mean is now that the, um, the light of the galactic center is shining free upon earth and humanity has the time and the chance to energize their molecular beings and ascend but we don't really want to ascend we just want to you know we want to evolve you know because i i mean i think the trick behind ascension because i've kind of been analyzing this when you ascend what do you do you become a spirit energy being when you ascend right and when else do you become a spirit energy being of the fifth dimension when you die, you know, because your spirit becomes free of this mortal coil, whoops, excuse me, called the body, this, this flesh sack vessel that our body, our spirit, our soul, our conscious energy is nestled inside of, like, that's the thing. So when you ascend, you reach ascension, does that technically mean that you die? Does it mean that you die? Because like you're out of the third, fourth dimension. So you ascend and you die and you become a spirit being like Daniel Jackson on Stargate SG-1. I'm telling you people, 
y'all should go watch Stargate SG-1 seasons 1 through 10. It's worth the watch. Not only do they address uh, Space Force Command in its early years there in the Cheyenne Mountain in the Colorado Rockies, not only does it address that and how they had space travel probably since the 1930s or 40s and how they even had intergalactic travel, you know, and uh, was this uh, wormhole technology probably for a very long time already. Um, and now it's coming out with Space Force and all that stuff or, you know, it, it was going to be coming out, but now it's going to be sequestered by general lloyd austin and uh president select the illegitimate president joe biden you know but what was i saying now like y'all need to go watch stargast you want just go and watch it uh like i said not only do they talk about that not only do they talk about the histories of humankind's not only do they draw parallels to you know a lot of what are possible ancestry our possible heritage our possible future is uh they also address things like ascension and other spiritual ideas which you know it's interesting that the higher advanced the um alien or the civilization is the more their technology relies on spiritual or you know um metaphysical type of properties so it's it's really interesting i think that that show wasn't ahead of its time i mean it was out like in 98 99 and uh you know they had a couple of spin-offs after that uh dealt with the civilization of atlantis i mean i'm just you know kind of gushing over it but it was really good but when he ascended he died he's like well i died and now i've ascended so is that something else? Is that another spiritual trap? You know, because like, here's the other thing too about this whole spiritual trap thing. Because like, okay, so I'm uh, of the belief of this whole energy concept thing. You know, I am, I am energy, but I have consciousness and I have free will. And my ness, my beingness is basically uh, attached to this flesh sack. I was uh, I was so awarded with such a beautiful exterior and uh, a beautiful uh, epidermal, <laughs> whatever. Um, we should all be so proud, right? Yeah. Anyways, but like, okay, so I'm and I am connected to this flesh sack by my pineal gland which is considered the seed of the soul, which develops at, like, I think they said 45 days. 45 days the pineal gland develops, and I think that's also the time that the heart starts to beat in a, in, in a fetus. So whenever the heart starts to beat in a fetus, that's when the pineal gland goes online, which, personally, I kind of believe that's when life begins, you know, like, because your heart's beating, your pineal gland's active, your soul is inside your body at that point, and now you're just kind of just, just you're kind of just gestating just inside of your mother's womb, forgetting everything that you learned in your previous life. Oh, ooh, did I say that? My bad. But so with that in mind, you know, that's just what I think, you know, that's, 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 that's where I stand on that matter. So I also believe that when it is time for you to pass and go back into the great whatever it is that you believe, that's exactly kind of what happens. If you are a staunch uh, Catholic, for example, or you are an Orthodox pagan, or you are a Christian, you are a Muslim, you are a Jew, 
say it's it's religious centric focus for this kind of <clears throat> thing with death. Whatever your religion teaches you and you believe, whatever construct you have put yourself into, I need some. Hold on. <coughs> Ooh, my throat chakra. <coughs> Excuse me. She's acting up. Um, okay, so this is just what I believe. Okay. Um, whatever. Say, and this is what I believe and, and within the construct of someone who has religion, right? Okay, so whatever construct you put up for yourself for having this belief, Say you believe when you die, you either go to heaven, hell, or purgatory. Say you believe when you die, you go to heaven or hell. Say you believe when you die, you know, whatever. You you are in heaven with like a hundred virgins. Whatever it is you believe, that is what will happen to you when you die. Because your conscience energy, like when you dream, you know, when you, um, I don't know, hallucinate when you have an out-of-body experience all that good stuff you know you are conscious energy so your mind goes somewhere and wherever that is you know it's wherever you believe it's going to be it's where you propel yourself to be um it's 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 kind of like super literally when you're starting to talk about creating your own realities and stuff like that, like we're within this, uh, you know, this, I'm, I'm sorry. If you're on YouTube, you can see me like, I'm like moving my hands. I'm like, we're within this, like, you know, I want to say material. I want to say 3d, you know, material, whatever. We're within this hard materialized, you know, energy. And, um, Whenever you're free of that, it's kind of like, you know, you're in a dream or you're somewhere like that. But your your conscience, your energy, your energy, energy doesn't die. Energy doesn't disappear. It changes, you know. So um, that's what I believe anyway. So I believe that, you know, at that when that time comes, whatever I, I believe or feel, that's what's going to happen. And, you know, that's why, for example, I say like to um, like. Um, a religion like Jehovah's Witnesses, which my family, that's where I come from originally. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe that there's three options for you. There's three options for witnesses, right? They will either A, be among the anointed class and be the princes serving alongside Jehovah. And they will be in heaven with Jehovah. That's one option. There's only 144 seats available on that bus ride, though, so you better hope that you were picked to be in heaven. The other option is you will be resurrected in a paradise earth that is a perfect earth, and you will have perfect health. And if a dead loved one was resurrected, you might not recognize them, but you'll know it's them. Not reincarnation, right? Anyways. And then the third scenario is you're nothing. That's it. Nothing. Like, you don't exist. There's nothing. There's nothingness. Nothing, nothing, nothing. No pain, no hell, no happiness, no experience, no memory, no cognizance, no consciousness. No consciousness, no self-awareness, no free will. Nothing. Just void. Just cease to exist. 
Now, that is the only way that I believe energy can die, honestly. Unless there's some, like, there might be some energy eater out there in space, in, you know, some far-off universe, I'm sure, or some far-off galaxy. I'm sure there's some sort of energy, uh, you know, quelcher. I mean, energy quasher somewhere out there, but we're not privy to that, even though the United States government probably already knows about it. But... I think any, I think the other way is that, you know, like I told my mom, well, you know, if you want to believe in what you believe, that's fine, but at least believe that you're going to be in a paradise, please, because then you're going to just end up not being anything. Like you're just going to will yourself into non-existence. Do you understand how dangerous that is? Like that is so dangerous, you know, like I don't believe that anyone should in their right mind, will themselves into non-existence. And the unfortunate thing is, at least in my humble opinion, that some of these practices put people in a box that if they are weak, they could very well do something like wish themselves to hell or wish themselves into non-existence. And I think that's pretty cruel and unusual. Because this eight grams sitting in between my two eyeballs will depart this body when it's time to go and ascend. And that's what I think I'm going to call death now. Anytime I say someone died or someone passed, I'm going to say they ascended. Whenever I talk about my father, I'm going to say he ascended a week after his birthday. I was talking to my ex-boyfriend on the morning that my dad ascended. Yeah, I think I like that a lot better. I think I like that a lot better than death. And I think that I, that gives me a better perspective on ascension and ascending. And maybe this was a metaphysical trick that the spiritual hypocrites were playing on us. Making us think that we're here to ascend. As in being super hyper spiritual, ritualistic being, not ritualistic, but super hyper spiritual beings that have, uh, you know, rainbows over our head and, you know, faces of sunlight here to teach the masses that um, all the whole time they just wanted you to drink the cyanide flavored Kool Aid. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I fell for it. I was on your side, man. I was on your side, bro. All right. That's uh, going to wrap up the episode for tonight. Thanks for tuning in to the experience with Michael Aaron Cossidis. I hope you had a good journey with me on this experience. Uh, we'll see how the weekend goes, but we will be back. I will be back for more episodes with you guys because I love talking to you guys about absolutely nothing because I don't, I think this, the experience is exactly just that. It's just about my experience and it's good to compartmentalize. Like I said, I like at the very onset of this episode when I was talking about before I got into my whole methodical way of thinking and kind of exposing how I process things. Um, yeah, compartmentalize everything is compartmentalized uh everything has its place you know and and that's perfect for me because when i pull back and take a look at it it's a very interesting tapestry and i can't wait for all of y'all to check it out you can start by going to the root of many returns.com
which is my website. And I'm finally incorporating everything onto that website from my art to my writing to my podcast to my political commentary. Enjoy therootofmanyreturns.com. This is Michael Aaron Gossidis for The Experience Podcast signing off. Have a great, great day. Something is haunting the town. Adam Longoria has gone missing, and his sister claims she's been seeing a bad man in the shadows. Jesse Bachman confronts a terror that is haunting the town of Suval, but will he be able to stop a pure evil that wants him dead? Get the chilling new novella by Michael Aaron Cassidis, author of The Distance to the End. A Trick of the Eyes, a stunning new work of horror that is keeping readers turning the page. Get A Trick of the Eyes anywhere books are sold, online or in stores, ask for it by name. A Trick of the Eyes by Michael Aaron Gossarist.